Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Welcome back to the Indigo 108 takeover of the Be Real podcast. Today's guest is extra special. I will be here with Tony Warner, a Brooklyn-based career yoga teacher, founder of Yuja Yoga and creator of Yuja Soul Yoga for Black Women. Tony's classes are known for their physical rigor and open, brave space for self-inquiry at the intersection of yoga philosophy and social justice. Welcome, 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 Tony. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you and be well. Congratulations on the launch and the role and this podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I am enjoying it a lot and I'm especially looking forward to getting to bring some of my favorite people onto this podcast and let the listeners and everyone get to know some of you all even better the way that I know and love you too. Thanks again for being on. And I guess I just want to kind of start with you giving an intro of yourself. So not necessarily, you know, job title, it can, you can include all of that stuff in it, but just sort of like who you are and what the most important things about you that you want to share with us are. And you know, we use Ayurveda in the Indigo 108 program, which is the Indian life science as a framework and a lens through which we're looking at holistic health. So if you know your dominant doshas in Ayurveda, you can share them or astrology sign or Enneagram or any of that stuff you can also share with us. So just tell us a little bit about you, who you are and why you're so amazing and special. Okay. So I'm Tony Warner. I am a Kappa Pitta Dosha, super grounded, also very fiery, mm-hmm. um, Libra sun, Sagittarius moon, Capricorn rising. I am an immigrant. I came to this country from Dominica, Commonwealth of Dominica, which is, you know, interestingly enough, as I'm getting older, becoming really, really more important to me. I'm owning that I'm a seeker. I'm very curious. I like to think and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am a career yoga teacher, a career guide. Yeah. 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 There's been lots of twists and turns in my journey, 
I think it's really important. I feel my role and my service is to give people the space and um, empower the bravery that was sometimes offered to me when I was lost, but also wasn't offered to me. And I had to figure that out for myself. So whatever I can do to make that easier, I feel is my, my talent and my skill. Yeah. You know, knowing you like I do, when you describe yourself as a guide, I um, have witnessed that, experienced that, been on the receiving end of that for sure. And um, I'm wondering sort of how in those instances where you had to do that for yourself and find that bravery for yourself to sort of like find your way back onto where you needed to be to keep moving forward. What would, what did that look like? What did you do to tap into that kind of inner courage? So my, I will say this, my mom, my mother passed away when I was a oh, what night 18 mm-hmm. and it was just me and her. And so I think that's where, you know, when you're young and even when you're adult, an adult, there's something about having a parent, yeah, <laughs> someone to yeah. just tell you when you don't know, do this thing. <laughs> um, and so when my mother passed away, I found myself in this constant state of like floundering. And what I was seeking was mothering. Mm-hmm. And I had aunts and, and cousins and friends, but what I needed was mothering. And I needed to create it for myself. But also my mother, I think part of my journey was realizing that my mother was loving me and guiding me to the best of her capacity. So whatever she was able to do, but also in addition to that, whatever she wasn't able to do right, is what I was seeking. And how I found that initially was actually through spirituality, well, through rest, um, and mm. then, because my body shut down, <laughs> and then through spirituality. Um, and so I found myself diving into spiritual texts, the Quran, the Bible, again, the Roman Catholic Bible. Um, I had read many times because Dominica is what mainly Catholic. Okay. And also the Bhagavad Gita somehow magically appeared in my Catholic household. And I started <laughs> reading that. And it was just a pass, you know. Then over time, it kept coming back to me. Then it showed up in a physical sense and I discovered yoga. Mm-hmm. And then I became passionate about yoga because yoga allowed me to unlearn yeah. the things wow. that other people had decided for me. I got into yoga and decided to do teacher training. And we were still kind of floundering because everywhere I went was, I was the only black woman there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everywhere and I worked. this was in was New the, York, right? This, this was, was in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was the only black woman in the wellness space. I was one of the very few black women at work and everywhere it was, you know, well, I don't see color or you're Mm -hmm. different or, you know, and I didn't see myself reflected and didn't experience being received fully, but yoga staying with yoga, despite how I felt in classes, those feelings actually guided me back to myself. I stayed with the practice and actually yoga 
threaded all of my, my, my ability. So my ability to teach, my ability to manage, my operations experience. I worked in architecture for a little while. All of that became like yoga teaching. Teaching yoga was the culmination of all of that. That's how mm-hmm. I see it. Yeah. Teaching has become my practice. And as I teach, I unlearn myself even more and learn more about myself. And the wisdom that I offer is typically the the thing I need to be doing too. Right. Um, Uh And yoga has brought me to community, right? To my chosen family, to the circles that I've created, Yuja Soul, Yoga for Black Women, Yuja Yoga, the the co-creation I do at The Connective. Mm -hmm. Um, I found myself by allowing the practice to unravel me. Mm, yeah I took leadership of myself and putting myself back together so when I'm hearing you talk about I mean just this beautiful and complex and nuanced kind of uh from start to where you are now of you know the Quran and the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita and then into the practices and then into the physical and then into the self-reflection there's this I can hear you developing this relationship with yourself this self-awareness and then how it has extended to you being involved in communities or even creating the communities that you weren't finding right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with you soul you know creating that community for black women that you didn't find in the wellness space before then you know that was really lacking because you had had those moments with yourself to really be like oh but this is really important to me like there's something that's not quite right if this is missing from my life and so when you ended saying you know you found yourself able to start to unravel there are specific conditions that need to be in place in order for that unraveling to happen you know you and I have talked about this idea of showing up as your full self and that this is an idea that's common in wellness spaces in coaching spaces and it's a beautiful wonderful idea and it of course, can get misused or misrepresented or weaponized, right? Like, well, you're not showing up as your full self. And that's why everything isn't falling into place for you. You haven't unraveled. And so I guess I just want to ask you, what does that mean for you showing up as your full self? And then what are the conditions that are necessary for you to be able to do that? What are the conditions do you think that eventually made the unraveling be able to happen for you? So for me, showing up, showing up as my full self means being able to be fully black, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm black, fully black, and to be really, to show up and to have my blackness and my womanhood seen. You know, it's interesting. I've been talking about this in my classes, this idea of what does success mean? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes when I can only speak for myself, my ability to be excellent, my, you know, the hashtag black excellence, hashtag black girl magic, hashtag self-care, mm-hmm. seat at the table, whatever movement that has become pop is actually labor. Mm-hmm. It's not a celebration of my blackness. It's me laboring to say, here I am. My presence is valid. Put me at the table. I deserve to be here. When really my presence 
and my ability to be present anywhere is my birthright. And so the spaces that see color, acknowledge identity, acknowledge intersectionality and humanity is where it is what creates the bravery in, okay, well, these are the things that I know I'm sure about. And these are the things I'm still experiencing because I am black. There are certain things that have contributed to the way I am showing up, but I'm also figuring things out because I am not a monolith. So the spaces that hold that in equal value and don't require me to prove myself or validate myself or question my pain right. or question right. my happiness, right? Or like make me feel guilty for my luxury and my, my creativity and like my sensuality and all of these things. I think that that's what, those are the spaces where I am showing up fully. Um, the brave space that allows you to flounder, mm. but then the brave space that also is like, there's a talent, let's use it. I am also reminded of, um, you know, Caitlin Casella, uh-huh. Dr. Caitlin Casella, let's yes. give her flowers. Yes. Um, yeah. So she wrote this beautiful um, think piece for um, the connective and it's called um, resistance clarifies direction. And it's kind of like, you know, when you're learning into something, Mm -hmm. then you really have to get clear on where, where you're trying to push to Mm -hmm. the resistance that I've had to face and the battles that I've had to choose. And just in choosing battles and in feeling, feeling tension and saying, this is how I want to push back against it. These are the things that are important to me. Like that resistance has actually built my personal politic and really created clarity in what I'm not going to allow anymore and, 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 what I, what, and what I'm authentically going to be really good at answering and pushing back against. Like, where's my lane? And so right. I'm not happy my mother passed away when I was not ready for her to pass away. But there's something to be said for challenge in life experience. Um, I'm not trying to glorify challenge, but the things that bring up critique and Uh the things that bring up inquiry are the things that like create the breakthrough that offer the space for you to create your breakthrough. Yeah. Like you were saying, you had to find a way to be the mother to yourself eventually. Uh That's the kind of space where the unraveling, right? The mother who loves all the sides of you, the bratty side, the creative side, the quiet side, allowing all of those things to exist. And you don't have to say, Hey, I have this creative side. You know, I also heard you when you were just speaking that when you have to announce your black excellence, there's something wrong in that place rather than just being it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, And not that you're getting ignored or just like, oh, you know, everybody's all the same. We're just like going to focus on where we all, the true self within and all of that, you know, the spiritual bypass type stuff where you can just be it. And there's a sense of quietness that comes with the yoga practices, right? Of the contemplative practices for meditation, where you are just being rather than announcing or Uh hashtagging it or having to like point it out to everyone when you're in spaces where people can see it, just Uh see it by seeing you feels 
Like it's really important, you know, it's really important for all of us. It's important. I, I get the sense when I'm listening to you too, that you um, see yourself, that you take a lot of time to like see yourself, know yourself, mother yourself, care for yourself, give yourself space to, you know, make mistakes. And this is, I think what some of this deep work that we can get into when we're doing yoga and Ayurveda and the embodied practices, especially when we're working one-on-one -on -one with people that we can really get into, like, what is my relationship to myself? Yeah. Am I, am I showing up for myself? Right? Like there's that showing up fully in that way mm -hmm. as well. And then you come into a space and you can fill up the space and you can feel when you're filling up the space and you can feel where that, if there, there's that resistance, right? Mm -hmm. And is that the resistance that you've got to push through? Or is that the resistance where you're like, oh no, then this isn't the space. <laughs> right. So do you have, like, how do you decipher that? Because there, there's always resistance no matter what the yeah. situation. And so how do you sort of, A, I want to like, how do you decipher that for yourself? But also when you're working with you just soul, how do you create a space where you know there's going to be resistance, you know there's going to be tension? You mentioned in your newsletter that I was reading earlier today this beautiful sentence about where is the accountability in your practices and are you making space for your humanity in that? Uh -huh. You know, that it's like, yes, we, we, we need to keep elevating ourselves and each other and it has to be loosely held enough that we can also be flawed right. as we do that. You know, just what are your thoughts as you're doing your work with you, just solar or any of the work that you do with the connective or on your own for finding that in the spaces that you're in and in the spaces that you're co-creating with people that you've invited? That's a great question. And the at the top of my mind, I think about how we get caught in the suffering that comes with labels mm. and judging and it you know it reminds me of the first time I read or maybe the third time <laughs> I read the Bhagavad Gita <laughs> it's a it's a it's a lot to read it's a deep book it's a deep story a deep text it's one um, that you could just you got it you go back and back and you go back and you read a page and yeah you have to revisit. Yeah. And I guess that's also something too, like this idea of repeating things like a practice is never one and done. It's repetitive. It's ritual. Right. It's routine. You know, when you're reading the, the Bhagavad Gita, depending on who's guiding you, most times at its base, it just looks like the fight between good and evil, mm -hmm. good versus bad. And I think a lot of the times we are living in these extremes, right? I'm happy or I'm sad. I'm asleep, I'm awake. I'm good, I'm bad. I'm pretty, I'm not pretty. I don't wanna use the U word, but I'm pretty, I'm not pretty, right? And those labels, those absolutes create so much suffering because we've trapped ourselves in a definition that we didn't even create. There's so much power, I think, in the space in between, the space between the posture, the space between duality, the space between non-binary, where you get to go under the label, behind the label, around it, over it, and you get to see where it is and see your, like witness yourself outside of it and witness yourself as you are. And when you are in that place, then you see the relationship you're having with the label. 
Right. And then you can determine or decipher what's the relationship I want to carry forward? What needs to change and be left behind? Is this a label that I can commit to carrying well? Is it authentically mine to even mm-hmm. carry? You know, when I'm teaching anything, when I'm offering you just soul in particular, it's all about getting around, behind, underneath, the start of at the root of the narrative of the label outside of the duality so that you're in a position to then define the thing if you want to define it at all. And if you want to, you know, speaking specifically towards you, Jasol, if you want to hashtag Black excellence as a form of resistance, as a revolution, rock on. Right. If your nervous system doesn't want to do that today, rock on, right? So it's, it, it really is an open invitation to choose something and to commit to it, at least for the 90 minutes we have together. And let that create something for you to further the commitment off of the map. So it's an open space. It's incredible because it's also that the labels exist, the identities exist, you know, the things that we're choosing, but the choice of what am I picking up and taking on or what have I been taking on that actually I need to put down now and have some space to see then what's the next thing that's going to come up is so incredible. And then also that, that it's day to day, right? It's hashtag black excellence one day. And my nervous system is frazzled the next day. And so I'm not doing it the next day, but then the third day, then it's back to it. And then, you know, that like, and it speaks to this engagement with living that I think the practices of yoga and Ayurveda teach us, which is like, we get to actively engage in what we're choosing to pick up, what we're choosing to take a break from, what we're choosing to be in relationship with. And, and how is that part of the Dharma, you know, part of what we're here to do. So I just really appreciate that spaciousness of not just like look at the label from all the different directions and be in that place where you're free from the label for a moment so that you can really visually see it. Um, But also this fluid kind of like, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to pick it up and try it in a different way. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to pick it up with this particular person and not with this group over here. I just, you know, I appreciate that about you so much that there's this kind of uh, freedom to choose and not needing to force yourself into anything while still not being afraid of commitment. You know, I feel like commitment is a big piece for you. And something Mm -hmm. that I see in you is a real ability to commit to what you believe in. How has that ability to really commit and step into something fully sort of made its way into who you are today? What was, what was the first situation where you were like, all right, I'm in, I'm all the way in, I'm doing it. To be honest, um, regarding teaching yoga, I was working for a startup fitness company. I might've told you this story, but I'll tell it again. I don't know. Um, I don't know, but we've got listeners. Okay. (laughs) Tell it again. I was working for this startup fitness company, helped the owners open locations, launch a separate brand that they also owned, open locations for that brand. I had this role of operations, which is everything. It's like Jack of all, you know, Jack Jill of all trades. And, you know, it was just, a, a, it wasn't a good relationship. 
my hard work was being rewarded with more hard work. There were inappropriate racial comments made. I just wasn't treated well. In some ways I was, in most ways I was not. Also, I think that there were things that I needed that by virtue of the fact that they were trying to run a business and own a company, they weren't in a position to give me. Unfortunately, they let me go with like two days notice, like, a, like laid me off. And I just sat and thought about it. You know, I had been practicing yoga at that point by what, 13 years or so. Mm. There wasn't yoga there, but my, my, the things that would come out of my mouth were, you know, yogic, I don't know, you know, like in line with who I am. And that just wasn't in alignment with where like the desired outcome of like the business's success. And I had this opportunity to find a new job. I barely got called for interviews. The few times I did, it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. And I said, you know, let me try it. What is it? What would it look like, feel like, be like to be a yoga teacher? If I'm going to be in New York City struggling. <laughs> you might as well be a yoga teacher struggling. Yeah. I might as well do the thing I like to do struggling. Right. right and so right. that's how it started. And I said I was going to do things differently. I wasn't going to commute beyond a certain amount of time. I wasn't going to work certain hours. I wasn't going to work certain days. And I knew that as a new yoga teacher, I was going in with lots of demands. Love it. But I said no to things and only said yes to what I wanted to say yes to. And there were times when I had to compromise. Uh There were times when I still had to stand up for myself and have really difficult conversations with the use of my image, Mm. um, the words that were used to describe me. The way that I was, you know, diminished as a teacher, told not to teach the practice a certain way, the little microaggressions, even in the way I couldn't believe it was happening in the wellness industry, but it was. Of course. Um, And one day I was teaching, it was after a really bad breakup and I was in a lot of pain and I found myself really seeking refuge in my like circle of, of friends and sisters, sisters, cousins, friends, aunties, you know, black women. Mm-hmm. And one day I was teaching a class and I realized that there was no one who was black in the room, no black women in the room, barely any black teachers on staff. And I just sat down after class and I said, I'm going to make a space for black women. Mm. I selfishly need it. <laughs> It was my own selfish need. I wanted to just do yoga with black women and nothing but black women. And I'm pretty sure if I think that way that other people do too. And that's how it started. And what keeps me going is the reminder that I'm living a life on my own terms. And the things that I'm doing now, the way that I stand up for myself, the way that I share my thoughts, the way that I speak, even though there's still a shyness, I would never have done that. I was biting my tongue my entire life. And now I, I don't bite it as much or I don't bite it anymore. And I'm in places that actually want to receive Tony. Yeah. Well, I am so damn happy that we get to receive Tony on this podcast, (laughs) that you came on here to not bite your tongue, even if there was shyness somewhere in that process, even if, you know, there was any kind of a, okay, let me, let me get ready. Let me go do this thing, you know? And I, I love who you are. I love what you say. I love 
what you bring into the world through your words, through the way that you are and, um, and all of it. And so I'm just like, so, so grateful that you came and shared yourself on this podcast today. I feel like we got, we got some good Tony. We got, we got some real nuggets of (laughs) wisdom and goodness today. And thank you for being the guide that you are in this um in this interview as well thank you so much liz i receive all of this love i'm giving it right back to you with so much gratitude you know we met the listeners will know we met co-creating the connective yeah and it was the yeah and it was the first time i had been completely surrounded by people on this mission to disrupt Mm -hmm. (laughs) the wellness industry i think of you know and when i think of the community of teachers that inspires me, you are there. And I just want to thank you for your warm, always warm, always inviting light. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. So yeah, we've, we've gotten to do lots of work together. I've had the pleasure of taking your class as well. And I'm wondering if we can sit and do a short practice together to end the podcast. Yes, please. Okay, let's do it. So this practice I chose for this, for your guest appearance on the podcast, because it is, in my experience of it, it's nourishing. It's a way to feed that inner self, all of those different aspects of the inner self so that you can then fully immerse yourself in your living and share yourself with the places and the people that you choose to do that with. This is a practice that I learned from Alan Finger at Ishta Yoga. Okay. You're going to inhale the sound of sa silently in and down to the lower abdomen. And then you're going to exhale to the silent sound of hum. And you're going to draw the lower abdomen back. And as you inhale sa in, then on the exhale, when you draw the lower abs back, You're going to spread the prana, the life force through the body, through all the nadis into every cell of the body. So listeners, please do this practice with us. Tony and I can see each other on the video screen. So we're smiling at each other right now, getting our solid seats ready, our feet on the ground. And then you can either close your eyes or soften your gaze downward. And as you're breathing in, you're breathing in the prana and the life force. And as you're Breathing out, you're spreading that prana, that life force through the body. So inhale, sa, S-A-H, in and down. Exhale, hum, from the lower abdomen, spread the prana to every cell. Inhaling, sa, in and down. Exhale, hum. Inhale, saw. Your attention goes down to the lower abdomen as you breathe in. Exhale, hum. Your attention spreads through your whole body. Couple more times, inhaling, saw. Exhale, hum. Inhale, saw. The prana pours in. Exhale, hum. 
Inhale, soft. Exhale, hum. And then release that technique. You can keep the eyes closed or the gaze grounded downward. Feel the parts of your body that you can feel. Maybe it's feeling your whole body as one unit. Refreshed, reinvigorated, refueled with breath, with prana, the life force. Saham. And you can dip the chin down and float your eyes open and root your gaze down at a specific point in front of you. And then widen the gaze, see some of the colors, quality of light, maybe some shapes around you. And then you can lift the chin again. See what you see. I see Tony's gorgeous face. And have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.